Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Tolerate 
that was not something that they would be able to get over just like that. And uh, it was unanimous that they would kill a person. <laughs> oh, every single due time crew member uh, had their, dr- their guns drawn at this particular topic of infidelity, just something that they were not going to tolerate. And, you know, I, uh, I did ask, you know, if you did experience the infidelity, you know, who would be the first person you'd speak to? And, yeah, that didn't go too well either. We managed to get out Jesus. <laughs> but it didn't go much further than that. And it ain't because Jesus was the solid answer either. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, the dude top crew was quite comical when it came to that particular item. And uh, you might, you know, want to check that out because they were really very candid. Yeah. Well. We had our switch tip right behind that. And, hmm, stop entertaining bad conversations. Wow. You know, that's another goodie. Another goodie. I watch and I listen to, you know, the the, the conversations that go on. I'm told about a lot of conversations that go on. And I ask people all the time, you know, why do you even sit there and listen to that? You know, that, that, that really can take you down a wrong road. You know, I think a lot of times people don't understand that God has delivered you from certain things. And because of that, You have to guard yourself from certain conversations. Yeah. You really have to protect yourself. Because if you sit under a certain conversation, do you realize that it can kind of lull you? Ooh. It really can. It can kind of lull you into a state of being drawn right back in and go back to the beginning. Go back to Eve and the snake. (laughs) You know, his conversation lulled her into a zone of questioning God. Did God really say, Are you really going to be like, will you really die? Yeah. Be careful. Be careful. Do not. No, no, no. Do not. No, no, no. Do not stay underneath those conversations. Stop entertaining bad conversations because trust me, You will regret it. And that's I'm going to leave it right there. 
I'm going to leave it right there. Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day. Rolled around and talk about, oh, stop entertaining bad conversations. Here's one between a mother, a daughter, and a father. Yes, the bad conversation was, let's kill ourselves. Yes, can you imagine? That's the conversation between a mother, a father, and a daughter. Let's kill ourselves. Yes, they had a York, Pennsylvania family of three decide that they had no reason to live. And Pop said that with only two guns and me being shaky, my wife, Debbie, pulled the trigger for me. And Debbie wrote, I was too shaky, so my daughter pulled the trigger for me. And uh, daughter Morgan pulled the trigger for herself. And she was supposed to be a prophet. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, the prophets don't act like that. Not children of God. No, they don't. So watch those bad conversations because that can definitely happen. Okay? All righty. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around, and the police are searching for two Cuz Edison imposters after a woman at 2.30 in the morning answered her door to an uh, emergency response <laughs> from two Con Ed workers. Well, who she thought, quote-unquote, was two Con Ed workers who subsequently robbed her of her jewelry and other things. Well, after she saw them put masks on while they were on the stairway and she came in, yes, ladies, come on, let's be smart. Let's not fall for the okey-doke. Let's not act like we're lonely. And if we are lonely, you know, the ladies talked about what you need to do in the event that you're lonely. Come on. What can you do? You can pray because you are not alone. No, you're never alone despite how you feel. God is always with you. He's right there. Whether you understand it, whether you feel it, whether you even think about it, he's there. He said he's close to the brokenhearted. So, come on, ladies, let's wake up. That's how Vivian woke us up on Wednesday morning with the socially conscious segment. Well, yesterday, 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 yesterday was Therapeutic Thursday. And, um, hmm, conversation to be had. Yes, we did. We talked about the uh, six-year-old who shot the teacher. Yeah, he's just, uh, he's full of surprises. Well, we're full of surprises as they have poured out more and more of what uh, happened in the classrooms in that Newport News Virginia school under his command. Yeah, we got to say it like that. 
because he has been really, really taking over the school. Ah, uh, Pastor KL brought up a really good question. He wanted to know why, 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 why are certain individuals of the LGBTQ community responsible for certain ministries in the church? Yeah. Well, suffice it to say that it's the powers that be that decide whether you stay or whether you go. Yeah. Because they can only be there if you say, okay, leader. So if, you know, this is what, uh, <laughs> if this is what they have to offer and you're looking for a dollar because that's what the people like and that's what's going to drop the money in the offering plate, then unfortunately the liars, the stealers, the adulterers, and everybody else going to be up in that pulpit running your ministries because you're concerned about a dollar. Well, that's not how God wants his ministry to, you know, to be run. Come on, let's run it with a level of integrity, with a level of truthfulness, with a level of love for God's people. You know, it's the truth shall set you free. That's not going to happen in a ministry that's hit by a bunch of sinful people, including the leader. Ooh. Maybe one day we got to ask the pastors why they let these things go on, because they're the ones who can really answer these questions, you know? All right. And that's how we spent our Thursday. Well, it's been a quick week, and i got to tell you, I am one who is very happy that it is Freestyle Friday. Yes, we get to do whatever it is we want to do. And we always come up with something. Well, I'm going to open the floor today to the men again. Discuss whatever it is they want to discuss after we talk about our news. So uh, stick around because you don't know what is going to be a hot topic for today. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure you go nowhere because we'll be right back. Give me your phone. Stop, you're scaring me. What's this isn't the first time I've seen him like your pictures. It's not Man, that serious. Man, this guy's mad, Joe. It is serious. It's serious enough for me to get involved. I think Sarah's in trouble. Hey, I'm not done talking to you. I'm going to come get you after class. Have you seen this happening to your friends? It's dating violence, and it's not cool. To find out more ways Sarah's friends chose to help her and to know what you can do to help someone, visit nomorri.org. Instagram hashtag know what love is. Share pics, win cash.
morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Freestyle Friday. We get to do whatever it is we want to do. I'm opening up the phone. That's what we're going to do today after we go through some news. Maybe the men will find something. I have something on their heart that they want to talk about. Uh, Brother Al yesterday wanted to talk about the fact that there's a student in the school called Thank God. Yeah, that's the name of the child. So we don't know what they may bring out, put on the table today. But we want to give God thanks because he has safely brought us through another week. Ah, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Wow, what's going on in your world? What's going on in your world? A lot of stuff coming down. A lot of news. News was better and more interesting. Yesterday, last night when I did my little research and you know I did have something that I found that I wanted to talk about and you know I want to get to talking I want to get to talking thank you for joining me today I am so happy that we have a chance to be together once again well I was looking at the news and I came across a little article that I thought was kind of interesting and you know we always talk about this topic but this was kind of interesting anyway and they were saying that these are people's deal breakers when they go out to eat and let me know, you know, any deal breakers that you have. Maybe something that I read will help to stimulate a thought for you. And one person says, any place that doesn't put prices on the menu. <laughs> you know, I want to know how much I'm going to spend. I don't want to have to ask or order first and, you know, then find out what the steak is going to cost me. Just tell me it's taking forty dollars. You know, I, it's it's interesting because when I see, you know, a menu and it has one dollar sign, two dollar signs, three dollar signs next to the the menu item, I think that is so tacky. I think that's so tacky, and I think that's their way of trying to tell you that, you know, whatever it is is at market value. And I'm not spending my money there. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even playing the game. I don't, uh, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah, just uh, just let me know that I, you know, what I'm gonna spend. I, I don't want to have to ask, and I don't want to have to guess either. I don't want to have to guess either. So that's a deal breaker for me too. Wow. Oh, oh, here's another one. Here's another one. This is. <laughs> When I read this one, I was hollering. It says, any place where the tables are packed so closely together 
to the extent that you might as well just sit with the strangers next to you. It's so, oh, my gosh. Is that the truth or what? You know, how about just saying that when the tables are packed so tightly, you don't feel like you sit next to a stranger? No, I feel like I done married you already. We sitting so close. Just come on, y'all. Come on. Really? I don't want people breathing over my food that I don't know. Oh, my goodness. That is a deal breaker for me, too. I don't want to eat there. I don't want to eat there. Uh, Somebody else said, Outrageously loud music. I've been sitting in restaurants where I can't even hear myself think, much less hear the person sitting at the table opposite who's talking. Yeah, I've had that happen. Okay, I got a submission. When I come into the restaurant and the server... Hold on, wait a minute now, wait a minute now. I know that's the way they just entered the No, when I come into the restaurant and the server is sitting at a table. No, really? How does that say you're working? Wow. All right, that's my first submission of the morning. We're talking about restaurant deal breakers. You know, restaurant seems to be a hot topic on this on this broadcast. And the things we don't like. Yeah, that would be a deal breaker for me, too. How are you sitting down chilling at a table? Oh, my. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, 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 nah. That's right. I don't want that. I don't want that either. All right, somebody says, when the kitchen doesn't paste the meals. So they're at the table. They say, and everything comes pouring out of the kitchen. Uh, And there's no space to hold all the plates on the table. They feel rushed. And that's a deal breaker. Well, I can see how that would be. I can see how that would be. How about, excuse me, I went to a restaurant one day. The table was so small, it couldn't even hold our food. (laughs) And, you know, initially the table didn't look that small. It didn't feel that small until the water was on the table, the entree was on the table, or the appetizer, not the entree, the appetizer, I'm sorry. And And when they brought out the entree, It couldn't even go on the table. So we had to give up the appetizer to eat the entree. Yeah, yeah, that's a deal breaker for me too. Come on, get a bigger table. Get a bigger table. Or just tell me I can only have one thing, period. Because that don't make no sense either. Excuse me. Deal breakers at a restaurant. All right, somebody said an overabundance of TVs. So they say TVs and sports bars are fine, but they don't want to go to a restaurant where all you see are a bunch of TVs. Okay, okay. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. 
If I notice there's no hand soap in the restroom. Wow, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. They say the staff can't wash their hands either. Yeah, that's a deal breaker for me too. That's a deal breaker for me too. Uh, do y'all realize they know uh, soap? So which one of your employees went in there and there was no soap and that was okay for them? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. All right, somebody said dirty menus. Oh my gosh, definitely a deal breaker for me. Definitely a deal breaker for me. The person says if the staff can't be bothered to wipe the menu down, then I can't help wondering what else they're not cleaning. Good. Yes, a good one. Good one, good one, good one, good one. Yes, what else are we talking about? Hmm. They say... When the server recommends only the highest priced menu items, they say, I understand that your tip depends on your how much money you spend, but if you're only going to recommend the $170 ribeye, then uh, that's going to leave me with a bad taste in my mouth. Hmm. Wow. What else are they talking about here? Come on. Give me your submissions. Give me your submissions. What turns you off in a restaurant? What's a deal breaker in a restaurant? That turns you off. A deal breaker. Like, no, we can't be eat here. All right. Here's one for me. Here's one for me, too. If the host ignores me for 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah, if you're that bit, it's different if they tell you you got a 10-minute wait. But when you don't even get their attention, no, it's time for me to go. Um, because if if you make me wait at the whole stand, then what is it going to be like at the table? Mm. All right, come on, send me your submissions. Don't send me your submissions when it's time for me to go off and I'm just reading it. After I say, I love you. All right. When someone brings my drink with their hand over the mouth of my... Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's a submission we just got. It's so true. Know how to carry the glass, please. Know how to put the glass on the table, please. When someone brings you your glass and their hand is too close to the top where you got to put your mouth. Come on, y'all. You got to know how to do this thing a little better than that. Yeah. I don't want it no more. I don't want it anymore either. Wow. What are some of the other things people are saying? Hmm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I told, I actually kind of mentioned this one before. When I went, I was going to the bathroom. And bathrooms always seem to be near some kind of area where people, where they tend to stock a bunch of junk and it just looks so sloppy and nasty and I'm like okay that makes me think all kind of things come on y'all can't just be throwing stuff in the restaurant because when it looks sloppy and nasty then it just looks sloppy and nasty oh oh we got a submission 
when a server reaches over my plate. Yeah, you don't know what's dropping. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Here's a, here's a submission. When they keep the lights so dim. Wow. I can't even see the menu. Wow. Yeah. Come on, y'all. I got to be able to read what I'm ordering. Yeah, they, they're saying that's, that's a good submission. That's a good submission. That's a good submission. All right, what else are we talking about here? We got a couple of minutes more. Oh, okay, this is a good one. They say when the server clears some plates while other people at the table are still enjoying their meal, this makes me feel so annoyed, I feel rushed. And just leave the table dirty. <laughs> That's the way the table is supposed to look. That doesn't necessarily bother me, but I can understand how that book can bother someone else. You know, they, they like to clear off the table. They figure they'll get the stuff away from you. You know, also, that's also a tactic to get you to buy something else. Because some people don't like to sit with nothing in front of them. Or if a person feels like they're waiting for the next person or the other people to finish eating, they might as well order something too. Yes. So that that's that's a tactic also. So that's why they want to kind of clear the table because if the table looks empty and you look like you got another 15, 20 minutes that you or the other people are going to take to eat, now they'll uh, they'll grab, they'll say, oh, can I have the menu, please? Or can I have another drink? Or can I have another soda? Or can I have another? Yeah. So that, 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 that's also a tactic. All right, we got one last submission. A place where the seats don't have backs. Or their rickety seats. Or the seats are torn up. How about that one? How y'all, come on, y'all. The seats are torn up so it hurts you through the, when you sit down. You ever had that happen to you? Yeah. That's happened to me. Yeah, that's, 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 that's messed up. Come on, y'all. Y'all could do better than that. Y'all could do better than that. Wow. All righty. What are we going to talk about in the news? Oh, there was some stuff to talk about. So, speaking of food, let's talk about the fact that, you know, listen, I understand. You know, we've got this asylum-seeking conversation going on on the regular in our news, but this lady takes Wanting to stay in the country just a little bit. Yeah, she takes this thing just a little too far. She is on trial now for trying to kill a woman to keep from going back to Russia. Yes. So here's the deal. You have Olga Svick, who was in the courtroom and had been given some cheesecake by another woman that she knew. Now, Olga, she is 
a, now I want to make sure I get her, her job, the job that she does. How did they say this? She's like a, a beauty person. Yeah, she's like, how do they, okay, here's, here's what they call her. A skin beautification technician. Give me a break already. Specializing in eyelashes. And you have this Ms. Nasarova who called her up, and she was a you know one of her clients, and she called her up because she had an eyelash emergency. Ms. Nasarova had an eyelash emergency, and she calls Ms. Schwick, and she tells her, "Listen, I got this eyelash emergency. I need you to come over, and you know fix my eyelashes." And she goes over to the house, and she gives her this cheesecake, you know, as a gift for you dropping everything and coming over here. And it was poisoned. And and she chose this particular Miss Schwick because she looked just like her. Yeah, she was a real look-alike for Miss Nasarova. So she poisons her and she takes her money. She takes like $4,000, a red purse, uh, a ring, and her Ukrainian passport and her U.S.-issued employment authorization card. And another friend came over and found Miss Schwick laid out on the floor. She had vomited, had gotten dizzy, had passed out. And when they did the research, they found out that Miss Nasarova had been to her house and, like I said, had called her over um, to do this emergency nail business. And hmm, when they caught up with Miss Nazarova, she had Miss Fix, <laughs> all of her ID on her. So she couldn't even say that it wasn't true. So now... She's on trial, and she's called the Cheesecake Woman. Now, again, you don't want to go back to Russia, so you poison someone here and try to steal their identity. Now, here's the thing. She was already wanted. She's a fugitive, in Russia, from Russia already, for a 2014 murder of a woman, a woman there. So see, this is this is another thing that I was talking about with these asylum seekers. You know, they come over here, they claim they're doing background checks and things like that, but how do you know everybody's going to pass the test and they're going to really be on the up and up when they get over here to the states? Yeah, this this is proof that these people are coming over here as criminals. 
So we don't know what we're inheriting. Bad enough we got our own criminals. And now we're inheriting all these other crazies. So, you know, I guess she figured she could trust a woman. She had been, you know, her client and, you know, why would you call me over and do all of this stuff here and then poison me? Nobody's thinking that. Well, who knows what she did to the woman in Russia? So, mm, let's just pray, y'all, because we don't know who, who, who in the world is on New York soil. We don't know who's on New York soil. I have another story here that I thought was pretty interesting. There's a case of a guy who had his car stolen, and he's in. He was in Denver. They stole his car, but because he has the app on his phone, on his iPhone, that you can track the phone. He was able to locate where the phone was. I thought the phone, I'm so sorry, the car was. So when he found the car, they started shooting. The the story is the people in the car started shooting at him. So when he approached the car, they say that some gunfire started coming from the opposite end. And he exchanged gunfire only to end up hitting the driver who was 12 years old yes his stolen car was being driven by 12 year old Elias Armstrong and they say after the gunfire exchange Elias drove off another couple of blocks and he was ended, he ended up being taken to the hospital by the police officers later, and he died. But here's the case. Now here's the here's the case. Now they have where he, you know, you have the right, you have the right to go after your property. You have the right to approach, but they tell you not to. Because, see, when stuff like this happens, now the owner of the car, despite the fact that he hasn't been arrested yet, they're looking into this because they're saying if somehow he fired first, he's going to be in some big trouble. So they're saying, you know, please, you have the right to, but we're asking civilians, you know, if your car is stolen, please do not approach. You know, if you have the, the app on your phone where you can, you know, track it or if they, you know, you have some tracking device on your car, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But give the give the information to the cops. Do not approach. They're saying don't even go. Don't even go to the site. Because if you go to the site, then you'll be kind of amped. To approach, and it's true, it's true, because you, you may even want to know, you know, well, who's in the car? Well, definitely don't approach if you got a gun, because that's what they're looking into now. They're saying that they've got some footage of the exchange. Somebody took some 
video footage, and they can't find who was in the car with this 12-year-old at this moment. As of this, this, this article, they hadn't found the other people, so they don't know if they were other children. They don't know if they were adults. Right now, I guess, you know, when they finish the fingerprinting, because I'm sure nobody got in the car with some gloves on, so they're going to be able to check with the fingerprints. But maybe the fingerprints are not even on record. But in case it is, they don't even know who it is right now. So they don't, they can't even get, like, an account from the people who were in the car. So right now they're trying to go with the footage that the person took or as a bystander but they're promising he might be walking the street right now, but he won't be walking the street too much longer if they find out that he was the one who pulled the, the, the trigger first. So, you know, you might want to hold on to your, you know, your gun. Leave it at home, they're saying, because this can really be some kind of mess at the end of the day. Now, can you imagine your car is stolen and now you end up in jail? And that's how things are happening now. It's always where the innocence, well, you ain't innocent if you fire a gun, but you get, what I'm, you get what I'm talking about. You know, the people on the opposite side, who, the, the victims, that's what I want to say. The victims are the ones who are now oh, behind the eight ball. So be smart. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. Well, what else are we talking about? Mm. So they have this issue of the migrants coming to New York City. And interestingly enough, they are not happy with their accommodations again. And they really want to be someplace else, close to the Canadian border. And Eric Adams, for one time, I'm going to toot his horn, as he is now buying one-way tickets to wherever you want to go. Yep. So, they have the Eric Adams. Adams administration who they're assisting the migrants to be sent somewhere near Canada. They have come here to New York City and they want to be closer to the border. And he's like, you know what? You want it. You got it. So they're buying these one-way bus tickets to Plattsburgh, New York. They say about 20 miles south of the Canadian border. And then from there, they have to pay the taxis and shuttles to take them into Quebec. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of liking this. I'm liking this big time. Because they're shipping people here. And, you know, a lot of times... You don't have the money. You don't have the money at all to, you know, go 
to another spot. You get here to New York City and you don't like the accommodations and, you know, it's not what you thought. It's not what, you know, Poppy told you it was, you know. So, you know, somebody else told you about something else or you heard about something else and you want to go. And he's like, well, you know what? Let me help you. Well, I'm happy. Help him, help him, help him, help him, help him. You know, it's a shame that New York has to eat, you know, getting them to the next location. But, hey, buying them a one-way bus ticket is definitely cheaper than keeping them housed in the Brooklyn Terminal, in these hotels where they're taking care of the entire family. Yeah. I buy buy one-way ticket also. Good riddance. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. What else are we talking about until the men come on? Hmm. Let's see. Well, you know, there's some good news. There's been some good news. So, and this this was really a good Samaritan and a... A good Christian story, you know, because a lot of us are, you know, filled with fear for the unknown and fear of really helping people. And this is one time where someone stepped out on an act of kindness and, you know, they're being rewarded for it. So there's a couple who live in Buffalo and one night, some they say one oh, it was on Christmas Eve. They say blistering cold Christmas Eve. There was a knock at the door and there's a Shakira and her boyfriend Trent who was at home and they answered the door and there was a man, an elderly man, who was at the door and They say when they looked at his hands, they were swollen and looked like they were frostbitten. Well, Trent didn't want to let him in. (laughs) And you can understand it. You know, it's so bad that, you know, we live in a culture where we have to really, you know, really be careful because people, all kinds of things take place. But... Shakira was, excuse me, she was a little more, uh, you know, she was, uh, what do I want to say? She felt sorry for him. And she welcomed welcomed them in. They took care of him. They got him to the hospital. And he had to end up having every one of his fingers amputated. They don't really know how he got to the point of being out there and being out there for so long in this blizzard that he ended up getting, his hands were frostbitten. Well, look at how it paid off for Shakira and Trent. Because they did that, the NFL gifted them two tickets to the Super Bowl this Sunday in Arizona. And Delta will fly them there for free. And 
and, 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 they have a gift coming to their family, and they're going to Disney. They're treating the family to uh, family to a free four-day vacation to Disney World, and as compliments of JetBlue and the Vacationeer. And they'll be going Godspeed this spring, you know, spring break. And, you know, I wanted to talk about the story because, you know, we're always talking about the bad things people do. And we're always talking about, you know, what church folk need to do or what we just need to do as decent human beings. And it's so hard to be that decent human being these days because it's just, so unwelcomed with, you know, harm and danger and regret. You know, you try to do something nice for people, and before you know it, you know, now you've got, you know, somebody robbing you or, you know, something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you really don't, you know, welcome helping people you know, sometimes your heart is there, and you want to. You know, we were driving back from North Carolina, and we kind of whizzed by a car that was sitting on the side. And, you know, after we had, you know, gotten past them, I didn't see them at first. You know, I just, after we whizzed by, and I kind of looked to the side, and I was like, wow, it's too bad you couldn't just stop and just say, are you Okay. You know, because, well, first of all, we were going a little too fast. We couldn't do it anyway. Like I said, you didn't see it um, coming up. But it's it's hard. It's hard to, you know, stop and we're two women in a car and, you know, to say, you know, are you okay? Because you can't stop beside them. It's not like you're on a street, you know. You're on a highway. So that means you got to pull over. You know, you got to get out. No, you know, it's just so bad. That you just can't because that could be somebody who really could use your help. Maybe their phone is dead and we're in the car with chargers and phones and all our phones are, you know, really um, charged to the full. Because I, I don't travel without a uh, full car. I never travel without a charger. You know, so you, you don't know what happens. Things happen. And, you know, thank God that, you know, this man did not pose a danger and... You know, because Trent said he was like he wasn't letting him in. He wasn't letting him in, and you can't blame him. But thank God that you know Shakira's heart, you know, was a little softer, and you know, it ended up paying off. And I'm not talking about the gifts. I'm not talking about the gifts being paying off for, you know, the elderly individual, where you know, and she even visited him. There's a picture of her visiting him. In the hospital, you know, checking on him. And, you know, what a blessing. What a blessing for him because as an elderly person, he could have ended up dying out there. Now, can you imagine him dying because nobody could, you know, trust that he needed help and he wasn't going to be some danger? Because look at, you know, um, <laughs> Brother Al brought up Babyface Finster, you know, the six-year-old. You know, who, nobody can seem to help him. He's a menace. He's a straight menace at six. 
But again, you know, thank God, thank God, and and they, you know, the other people that these um, businesses, you know, smiled on their gesture, and they received a bigger blessing than they even thought. Amen, amen, amen. So, you know what? The men are on with us. So let's talk to our brother Al. Oh, I'm sorry, give me a second. Give me good morning, brother Al. Good morning, good morning, chop of the morning. How you doing? I'm all right, thanks, brother Al. How are you today? You good? I'm I'm doing good. You know, the good Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, get on out. I said, thank you, Lord. I got up and went on my way. All right, amen. Thank God for getting you on your way. You know, brother Al, we're talking about you know, the couple who helped the man in the blizzard on Christmas Eve, and, you know, he was reluctant to let the man in, but she, you know, thought, you know, more of the the den- danger of him being out there, and the elderly man ended up having two frostbitten hands and had to subsequently get his hands um, and all his fingers amputated. And I was talking about the fact that, you know, we are living in a world where, you know, even in dangerous times, you can't even reach out and help somebody. And, you know, here it is that thank God that they did because this man really could use their help and didn't pose a danger. But is there a time where you were presented with an opportunity where, you know, you could have helped and you didn't, or you was a little reluctant, but you did, and it paid off? Um, yeah, there actually been a few times. Um, I remember a time when um, I was younger, and I lived in the project, and in the project we had this, this thing. I don't know if they was going to make it a swimming pool, or, or what, but they never did, and it was there, and, you know, the kids used to play in it, and I remember I was sitting on the edge of it, just sitting there, and this little baby, this baby had to be, you know, just learning to walk, maybe about, uh, man, about, about, about 10 months or whatever, and he was walking, and nobody was watching him, and he walked, was real fast, about to walk off the edge of the thing, and I just, jump quick. I just reacted quickly and I grabbed him. And my I never would forget it because my heart was beating so fast and I was so nervous till I got sick and I had to go upstairs. So I was just like, wow, you know, and then I saw an incident with a young man and a, a girl and he was hitting on her and I'm sitting there like, should I intervene? Should I intervene? And um, I decided not to and he pulled out a knife but by the time he pulled out the knife, the cops had got there and grabbed him. So I'm like, wow, I'm glad I didn't because I could have got stabbed, you know, by jumping in and trying to help out. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, you find a lot of these, you know, good Samaritans end up, you know, losing their life or um, hurt seriously from, hurt, you know, helping someone kind of stepping up. And, and being of assistance and it kind of ends up leaving the Good Samaritan in a bad spot. 
it's it's you know, thank God it was something that the cops pulled up on, and neither you nor the other person that the, you know the guy knife out on the woman, you know, got hurt because that could have really gone badly. Really gone. Yeah, badly. and you know, being that we and being that we're speaking on that because I do have a friend that I went to high school with. We played on a basketball team together, and he actually saw a couple fighting, and he stepped in and was like, oh, you know, he didn't get aggressive, but he stepped in and was like, yo, bro, we can work this out, man. You ain't got a hit on her like that. And he actually pulled the gun out and shot my friend and killed him. So Whoa. I always think when I see that, right, and he shot him and killed him, and I was like, wow. So, you know, I always think when I see that, it makes you hesitate because, you, like you said, you're trying to do the right thing, but then this person is already so angry, so they're not thinking because they're already super angry. And then you have to make a judgment call. Man, should I step in and try to stop that, or should I, you know, should I not? And you know, and, and, and things happen so fast, so your mind is just going fast. On should I, should not, should I, should not? You know, and every time I see that, I always think about my friend. That you know, he all he was doing was trying to help. He didn't push the guy, grab the guy. He just stepped in between. I'm like, bro, come on, man, you can work here. You ain't got a hitter like that. And he pulled up like, why your ass in business? And he shot him. And he died. Wow. So, Wow. It's, it's wow. a rough call. It is. It, it, it really is. It really is. Uh, thank you for joining us, Brother Al. Let's talk to our Pastor KL and see what he's got to say this morning. Good morning, Pastor KL. Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor KL? Okay. Maybe there's some disturbance on Pastor KL's end. Oh, whenever you uh, get an opportunity, keep trying, Pastor KL, and I'll leave your mic on and speak up, speak up, speak up. All right. So, there's an interesting story that I came across. Oh. Can you hear me? Yes, Pastor K, I can hear you. Chop, chop, chop in the morning, chop in the morning, one more chop. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm chopping. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> listen, listen, uh, how listen. are you today? Anytime, anytime the good Lord tells me to get up and say, get up, I said, I'm up, Lord. Here I am. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, all right, Pastor KL, thank you for joining us today. We're talking about, you know, the Good Samaritan, you know, the couple who stepped in for the elderly man, and thank God that they did because his little hands was frostbitten, were frostbitten, and he ended up getting those little fingers amputated, and they're now giving them, for their Good Samaritan gesture, they're giving them tickets to the Super Bowl and their family a trip to Disney. And, you know, I'm sure they weren't thinking about all of this when they decided to, you know, help out because Trent answered the door and he was like, hey, no, I'm sorry, he ain't coming up in here. But Shakira said, no, come on, let him in. You know, let's help him out. And, you know, a lot of times it just comes from the reluctancy of, you know, from the reluctancy from hearing all of the bad stories about how you go to help somebody 
and it ends up backfiring because they don't mean you no good, and they actually set you up for the okie doke. Do you have any experience with that? Well, I, yeah, I want to say about um, about six years ago, I, I was driving, and I saw a child. The child was had to be between eight and nine, and she was just in the middle of uh, the parking lot, crying, 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 crying. And everybody was just passing her by. And so I stopped and I said, hey, what's the matter? She said, I got on the wrong bus, and they dropped me off here. So I guess that's what, this was the last stop for her. So I, I said, well, what bus were you supposed to get on? Where do you live? And consequently, she lived all the way on the other side of town. Wow. Her mama, she, she, she knew her phone number. So we called her mama, and because and, and, and for some reason, this nine-year-old, didn't have a cell phone. Go figure that. So we called the we called the mama, and and the mama didn't have a car. So now the mama is up is up in arms, and she's you know she's up of an uproar. The baby's still crying because the mama can't get to her. So I said, well, baby, just give me your address. And I brought I brought the the, the young lady over to to brought her home actually. Wow! 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 Now, now, really now, nice. Now you know I. I I heard you talk about tickets and stuff like that. She didn't give me no gas money or nothing. I was kind of um, mad at that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had I had actual tickets, but you know, gas was high five years ago. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! You know, but to think that here is a little girl. Or a little child, and everybody's passing by. Nobody's stopping, right. which is pretty right. scary. And I tell you, I'm, 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 I'm gonna be honest. In, in, in these days and times, though I was trying to do a good deal, I was I, I was a little leery because here it is a female right. child, so you, you right. don't nothing jumping off. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And stranger things have happened. You know, you go to do a right. good deed, and you know now. They did this to you. They did that to me. You know, right, so right, right, right. And you can definitely understand. You know the reluctancy, especially when you talk about you live all the way across town, and the mother even trusting you to bring her right, home. Right, right, right. As exactly. a strange exactly. man, how do you even know the child's going to get there? How do you know that you're a trustworthy man? You know, how, how mm-hmm. do you know anything on the other side of the phone? So she really well, I, had to put her trust, actually, you know, opposed to trying to get somebody to bring her. Right. I, I started telling her my, my credentials. I said, hey, I'm pastor. Um, I run I run this store. That I, I had to let her know every day who I was, you know what I'm saying, to try to, you know, win her trust. But it was cold right. outside, and her child was in the middle of the road. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Ooh, thank God it was you. You know, thank God all the other people did pass her by, you know what I'm saying? Because would they have really taken care of her or or mean her any good? Right, right, right. That's the scary part, you know. So, you know, because even these days, is the pastor trustworthy? Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. You know? So, mama... Mama, if you're listening, you didn't give me gas money, the church could use your 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I 
Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, thank God that, you know, you were able to facilitate that. Um, but Al helped the, the little one who was walking, who was barely walking. You know, thank God that God can use us in, in and at times where we never even expected to be used. So, uh never know when you're going to be called to step up. I have this story, gentlemen, and it's really, it's Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Maybe you heard of this story um, in your town, Pastor KL. They said they had more than 200 students walk out of an Alabama high school uh, when they tried to do this Black History Month program. It's the Hillcrest High School in Tuscaloosa. And what happened was they say that as they were doing their uh, presentation, and it included uh, slavery and the civil rights movement, that the teachers ask them to stop. They were told that they couldn't talk about slavery and civil rights because it made the administrators feel uncomfortable. And now there's this big uproar because they they staged the walkout. And, you know, some of the students are saying, you know, how, you know, it wasn't right that they should be able to, you know, um, express what it is that their culture has experienced. You know, one young lady said, you know, my protector from 8 a.m. to 3.15 is telling me that I can't talk about my culture is disturbing. Uh, Another, um, uh, what do you call student, says, you know, why am I being censored about my culture something that is rooted in me, and they have really, really raised a ruckus over there. Now, here's the interesting part. The superintendent over there, some Dr. Kerry Johnson, denies these these allegations that the administrator told the students to leave out these historical points in their presentation. And she's saying that it's not true that the faculty or the staff told the students that slavery or the civil rights movement could not be a part of the program. And so they have this, excuse me, this back and forth. Now, here's my thing. You got a whole class, a whole body of students who was doing the program. And they're just going to make up. Now, they didn't made up their presentation. They didn't put together this program. They didn't put together this presentation. And all of a sudden, after all their hard work, they're going to stop and say, hey, you know, uh, we, we're going to walk out because, you know, somebody told us, the administrators told us, please do not include Slavery and the civil rights. So they gonna make this up? I don't know, brother Al. I'm not buying this story 
from this Dr. Kerry Johnson. What about you? I know you're going to kill me, but can you go to KL first while I get these kids out of here? All righty, Pastor KL. You know, yes, I'm not buying the story. Are you buying the story that, that the kids just made up this allegation? Oh, no, not at all. Well, first of all, let me give you, since I'm in Tuscaloosa and I know of this school, let me give you some background. This this school is predominantly the other side of the fence. Oh. We, we, are, we, are, we are sprinkled in, if you will. Okay. okay so so um, now nah, they, they're, they're not making this up at all. You know, what, what happened is that the only reason why we got a chance to be in this particular school is because they uh, broke up another school. They closed down another school, which was just okay. us. And now oh. because, because of the demographics, if you will, because of where you live, I'm forced to accept you. Now, in okay. this particular area, in this particular area, it's not us. We are, we are even sprinkled in this area, which means that oh. the, the, the chances of, of us affording housing or, or, you know, homes in this area is almost slim to none. So wow. now you're already mad because I can afford to live with you. So, and you are really mad because my children have to deal with you because they can afford to live with you. So you are no better than us financially, if you will. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So so now, you know, we're forced to deal with you. We're forced to, to, to be on the bus with you. We're forced to be in, in a school with you. We're forced to learn with you. And a lot of times in this particular school, when we graduate, we graduated with a higher GPA than you. Wow. So it's, okay. it's, it's more than just a, I have a dream because now we are living the dream. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're cool. not riding in the back of the bus anymore. Where now you have to notice me. Now you have to compete with that, with that college with ah, me. Right. I don't compete with you. You have to compete with me. And now right. how dare you, how dare you, in spite of all that you've been through, in spite of all your slavery, you know, you want to act like we're on the same level, and now you want to talk about where you came from. Because the, 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 the biggest thing is that in spite of where I come from, I'm still at the table with you. Right, right. Wow. So, you know, it, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. Remember, we are in the South where, where racism is it, still prevalent, and I, I know it is everywhere. But but it's it's on the outside. You you can see it. You're wearing it on your sleeves. It's no longer that that we're wearing the, the sheets and and covering our face. No, you know who hates you. Wow. And and, and it stems wow. from the parents who who who, who fuels it into the children that don't know any better. Right, 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 right. Racism right. Is, a, is a learned behavior. You don't come out being racist. Absolutely. Absolutely, because kids are kids. They could care less. They could right. care less. You know, when, when when you were a child, you just knew that they were different. You didn't know they were white. Right, right, you know I mean? right. You didn't know they, yes. were, they were from Jamaica. You didn't know they were Indian. Listen, if you could throw the right. ball at me or we could do the same dolls here, it don't matter what color you was. Right. It's very true. Kids don't care. Kids don't care. Kids will share. 
Kids will spend time together. Kids will play. And it's only from the parents that segregate the children. It's only from the parents that pull the children apart and, 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 and you know, start to breed, you know, all of this and breathe this hatred and uh, uh, segregation into the children. And, you know, this Dr. Kerry Johnson, I would love, she sounds like, you know, um, she might be on this side of the fence, but she's probably on the opposite side of the fence, and she's saying that this is not true. But they have the president. Probably a a token. What'd you say? She's probably a token. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all because you got to be now because it's integrated and we're sprinkled, as you say, you probably got to put somebody up in that area to kind of show that there's no quote-unquote Prejudice or, or prejudice or bias. For, 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 for lack of a better term, there always has to be a house Negro to control absolutely. the field Negroes. Absolutely, absolutely. I believe it. I believe. I believe. I believe it wholeheartedly. I believe it. Well, they have the president of the Tuscaloosa branch of the NAACP, who says that it's absolutely true, <laughs> um, and. You know, there's no way in the world that you're going to be able to make this presentation um, of of black history without including slavery and civil rights and the civil rights movement. And they're pushing this thing here. They're they're not going to let it die. They're going to definitely um, (laughs) show that, you know, these children were, were treated like this and, you know, it, this is, this is, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised coming from the South. I'm not surprised at all. Brother Al, are you available now? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. okay. Um, so, I, you know, do you believe that this is something that's true or did the, uh, or did the children make this up? I, I was trying to uh, hear because I missed a lot of it with all the noise. Um, but I know it's something concerning um, about black history. So what happened is... Something I heard some of. Yeah, these high school, this high school um, uh, children in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who put together a Black History Month program. And while they were making their presentation, they included slavery and the civil rights movement. And they, while the presentation was going on, they were stopped and told to please not include the slavery and the civil rights portion because it made the administrators uncomfortable. So when, so they staged a walkout. So 200 of the school students walked out, and they have this Dr. Kerry Washington who, I'm sorry, Kerry Johnson, who is the administrator, who, who's, you know, superintendent, I'm sorry, superintendent of the Tuscaloosa County, who says that it's not true, that the, the children were not stopped from including the slavery and the civil rights movement portion of this presentation 
uh, of this program and that the students were not telling the truth. So I'm asking, I, I personally find it hard to believe that the kids going to make this up. They're going to put together this whole program, and then on their own they're going to stop and say that they were prevented from including this portion on their own, and then they're going to stage a walkout just because. I don't buy it. And I was asking, what did you think? Okay, got it. No, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that at all. That's what they did. You know, I watch even here in my school when we're doing certain things, they don't want to say or they'll take out their bank and they, you know, their attitude is, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. But they try to put it in a nice way. You know, we don't, that might be offensive to some people, so we can't do that or whatever. So, no, I don't buy that at all. And what people of color got to understand is that they want to keep us away from our history. So once you blind to your history, you don't know what's happening with your future. Your history helps you move forward in the future. So, no, I don't buy that at all. No, nah, they, they, they them kids tell the truth. Like you said, why would they put this together and then say, okay, you know what? Um, they say we can't do it, so let's all walk out. Nah, them kids tell the truth. Well, Brother Al, when you say that they've been – they pull some things out because they don't want to offend people. Are those are the, uh, the the ones that they're worrying about offending on the other side of the fence? Yes, indeed. Yep. And it's the majority of the people on the other side of the fence. You may have, once in a while, you may have a couple on our side because they, they may think they're scared to lose their job. You know, um, uh, it was so funny. I remember... Um, when I was at my other school, and it was raining outside, so the, the cafeteria had TVs that we put on DVD for the kids. And I forgot it was one of those cartoon videos where it was basically saying about, I forgot which cartoon it was, but it was a popular cartoon from Disney. And it was about the, um, it was basically about Exodus, where, where you know, they, when where Moses freed, freed the, um, you know, um, helped the slaves get out. And it, I put it on. And you should have saw the teachers run to me. Oh, no, no, no. We, 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 we can't play that. I said, why not? Um, we, we, we don't want to hurt anybody's religion or this. I said, what are you talking about? And so it, they, they, they come for you. When they, they think it's going to be offensive, they come for you. Well, how in the world would that be offensive? Exactly. But if you, if you say or put something that's doing with the, with the alphabet community, oh, it's fine. But you don't worry about being a to other people. All yeah. the time. All the Shanti talks about that all the time. You know, you can do whatever you want to do, but when it comes to religion or anything like that, it always becomes something where they just stamp out. You know, I remember when the movie came out, um, The Passion of Christ, and the... Jewish community. And I remember there was a lady on a job who, you know, they were offended because they were like, well, you know, they said that the Jews, you know, did this to Jesus. That's what the movie said. That's what the Bible said. <laughs> Pastor KL, you know, what, why are we so touchy about, you know, revealing what we've done? It's what we've done. It ain't you. 
Because we're still embarrassed by it. You know, we still feel guilty for it. You know, that's what it is. And you know what? Listen, if, if we be honest, for slavery, that's black history, but that's also white history. But that's part right. of history, too. But, right. but we, don't, we don't want to be reminded of the negative in our history. So so, so we, we, we rather not be looked upon that way or we shun that. You know what I mean? But, again, it's not you, but, but it's your people. But but we only want to be looked at as great, as 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 better than you. You know, we we, we want to look, be looked at you. We we don't mind being looked at as better than you, but but we we don't want to be better than you because we had to do this to you. You, you know what I mean? We don't. They don't want to be looked at as equal at all. So that, that's the problem. These folks don't want to be outed, whether. It's you because it could have been your grandfather. And how dare you talk about my grandfather? You know, I, 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 I think I told the story when I worked in this one particular store, and, and I was a store manager, and a very old man came to me and asked me, you know, wasn't, wasn't your, your, your mother one of my Negroes, if you would? You know, again, I'm, I'm in Alabama, which is very racist. So, so he felt proud of my success. You know, one of my people worked for him. Mm-hmm. You know, but but when I when I responded to the comment, he wasn't so proud. When I responded to him, he wasn't so proud. So so these folks, even in their eighties and their nineties, and they're on death's door. They 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 still have to hold on to something because the fact to know that that a Negro can run a business, you know, a Negro can hire and fire. You know, a Negro can, can, can control things to them is offensive. So they can't let go of the control they had. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Brother Al, why do you think, you know, that there's this, you know, like I said, when, when the movie came out, you know, they were so offended. You know, the Bible says that, I mean, I'm sorry, the movie said, you know that that we killed Christ, and I was like, "Well, ain't what the what the movie says, what the Bible said. Why, why are you all twisted? Were you there?" <laughs> That's what I asked the lady. She, you know, she was a little older than me, and I asked her, I said, "Well, Joyce, why are you all twisted?" I said, you, "Were you there? Were you a part of that?" She said, "But no, you know, it's it's just a, a, listen. It is what it is. You you didn't have any say over that." We can't be, you right. know, we, we are not, we can't help what, what we're born into. Why why do you think it's just so temperamental to people to, you know, to, to squash? And like you said, you know, don't, don't put that on, you know. Um, it, it might be offensive. What is that about, in your opinion? Well, in my opinion, I think it's about knowing the truth. You know, people are scared to see that truth. You know, um, me personally, I like to hear, listen to people talk about their religion, because you learn some things, like, wow, okay, you believe in that? Okay, wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. Or, you know, wow, that's, that's interesting. But, you know, and then I think what happened to some people when they hear certain things, it's, I think that they feel that it's going to, to change their mind and what they believe in. You know what I'm saying? I always tell people, when, when people ask me, well, dang, you talking to that person that believes in Buddhism and this and that, 
that don't bother us. And why should it bother me? If you're grounded in your religion, then nothing else can take you back, take you away from that. And and the and, and the Jews, you you understand that they raise their children. As soon as their children come out the womb, they get them a book and they learning about this is our religion. This is how we do things. So now when you put this movie out and these kids looking like, oh wow, my my teachers show Jesus, like for real. Now you gonna have some some people looking at looking at their religion different now. Wow, we you know we say we do all this, but we killed the Messiah, like. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's about uh, hiding that truth. They don't want to. They don't want you to know the truth because they feel it's gonna yeah. change some things once I know the truth. And you know that, wow. that's with anything. We could be doing something, and then when we find the when we find out the truth, that changes the game. Yeah, yeah. The truth tells that you free. <laughs> you know, you just said something, brother Al, um, and I wanted to ask about it. Oh. You know, we you mentioned when they're born, when they come up out the out the womb, and you're absolutely right. You know, they learn about, especially like the Indians, um, the Indian people. And when I say Indian, let me change that because that makes it seem like the well, them too, them too, them too, like the um, the Indian people. Um, but the uh, the uh, what do you I want to call these people? Oh my goodness. They teach, I can't think of the name or the culture, but like you said, as soon as they come out the womb, they're learning about Buddha and how, you know, they, they're worshiping these um, ancient people and the people going to come back as somebody else. And But what is it about our culture? We don't teach nobody nothing. We, we, we don't teach them anything. They come out. And they learn what they learn. They learn what the school is teaching them, but we don't. We don't give them origin. We don't give them history. Pastor Kale, what, is, what do you think? Why? 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 Why are we the only culture? Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor Kale? All right. While Pastor Kale gets himself together, Brother Al, you know we don't teach our children about anything. We don't teach them about, you know, we, we, we don't want to take them to church because we were forced to go to church. We don't teach them about Black history in our homes. It's not taught. Whatever the teacher teaches and the school teaches, that's as much as they get. What do you think? Why? Why? Why are we the only culture that? Don't follow through with something like that. Well, I think some of it is uh, some of it is we don't know ourselves. <laughs> you know, some of, some of it we haven't been taught. So why we we're not able to 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 teach our children? You know, and and then just in general, you know, um, um, some people they 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 mindset is this is just how it is. It's not just how it is. You can change it by teaching. You know, every time when, when I get these kids that's on uh, detention, that's what we talk about. I tell them some stuff about black history, and they look at me like, wow, for real? I'm like, yeah. I said, do you realize that a black man invented a cell phone? Do you realize that the first black dentist was a woman, a black woman? And they look at me like, wow, and they're not going to the history of the sports, because most of the kids, they love sports. I said, if you look at every sport that we have played, we might not start it, 
But when we got in it, we dominated it. Every single sport, there's a black man that dominated or a black woman that dominated. Are you there? And they just sit there and they look amazed. You know, they, they look amazed. And, and I started like, wow, we need to teach it. They won't allow it in the school. You know, they, they, they won't allow it in the school. And, and, and I think it's just a thing to hold us back. Because they know we can be powerful. If we come together and we learn our history and learn things, we'll be one of the most powerful races there is. And they're they not going to have That's why we get a leader, someone who's about something that can lead us. They kill them every time. Wow. Well, you said something that was interesting. You said that, you know, what they suppress um, us from knowing. But in actuality... We don't, we, we suppress ourselves. We don't even bother to teach. And like you said, it's because we don't know, but we don't bother to learn. You know, they always said if you want if you want us to learn something, you know, or if you want to keep something from, from us, put it in a book. Because we ourselves, we're not going, you know, to, uh, you know, pursue any level of knowledge or increase. You know, so when you think about the fact that you go to school and they don't teach you this stuff, well, that's why it's imperative that we teach it at home because we know that they're not going to teach it in school. I'm not sure if we're still on. Yes, we are. you're listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Seth. We're still on. I think it's coming as well. So let, 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 let's just going. go on a little bit, I mean, because in case someone can hear me. You know, again, we, we, we're talking about, you know, the issues of, <laughs> Why or, or what? Why is our culture not not able to to instill into anybody? Um, again, you know, when when you have babies making babies, there's not much that you can instill in the people. So so you know, other 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 cultures, you know, they, they they're very disciplined in, in what they do. You know, from from the time they are born. You know, some some cultures, if, if you have a daughter. There has there's been a husband already picked out for you, you know. Um, some 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 cultures, you know, as Brother Al was saying, you know, they're going to teach you about the Torah, you know. What I mean, right right from the beginning, you know. We we, we we talk about Jesus when 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 we need the bills paid, you know. We teach you about Jesus when something happens when when Pookie gets shot. All of a sudden now we found religion, you know. So it's 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 difficult. We. We don't think alike, you know, um, and until until our grandparents, you know, begin to infuse things in us, you know, that, that, that where we come from, who we are, you know, a lot of us don't even know who we are. We, we, we d- depict who we are by where we live, by, by the area we've grown up in. Some of us have not been outside of our state to, to even to even witness, you know, other things. You know, we, we think that, that the best job to have at this point when we're making money is a drug dealer on the phone. You know, and, and, and that seems to be the, the best career to have. You know, we, we talked uh, the other day about a six-year-old, you know, who's walking around with, with a gun. So so how, how does that become my, my, my next um, my, my next thing to do when I when I grow up, I want to tote a gun. You know, th- these are the things that that I see. You know, when I grow up, I want to be bad. I want I want people to fear me. 
And and there's a difference. You know, just because they fear you don't mean they respect you. I'd rather you respect me than fear me. Because if you respect me, that then I can get you to the next level. You know, if 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 you fear me, you're never going to listen to what I'm saying in order for, for me to get you to the next level. You know, and, and those are some of the problems we have in our culture. You know, it, it, and, and, and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You know, there, there was a time when I was growing up, every year they, they put on roots. And though it made me mad, it helped me understand where we came from and why they thought or why they still think that they're better. You know, it, it's nothing like being blindsided, going around and, and thinking that, that, that or, or you don't know why they don't like you or you don't know why they think they're better than you. I, I don't think these young folks, these younger people, 8, 9, 10 years old, has ever even seen Roots because they don't, they don't really show it anymore. And if they show it, they, show, they, they might show it on a cable channel that, 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 that we don't have access to. So, so while we hear all this stuff, some people are, are visual. Unless you can see it yourself, you know, you don't understand it. You know, the other thing with the passion of Christ, yeah, you know, you read the Bible and you understand what, what happens and, 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 you know, he bowed his head and, and he gave up the ghost and all this stuff and, and you read it. But to see it, that's a whole other world. That, that brings clarity. It brings it all to life, if you would. You know, and, and I think that it's important not only to see it, to speak about it, you know, and, and sometimes, as bad as it might, might sound, you have to experience this thing. Experiences will bring you to the next level. And how you handle your experience would also bring you to the, to the next level. So, so that's my take on that. I don't know if anybody's back yet. I don't just want to ramble. It's all broken. Anybody can tell me. We're going to mute him. We're going to mute him. Let me let him know that we that we can hear him, and he just made a a wonderful presentation. Let me find Pastor KL. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness, this is hilarious. (laughs) I mean, he said a lot of things. Um, that was so true. And yes, yes. you know it. It 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 it's thought provoking. It's thought provoking, and you know, like like uh, brother Al, I'll let you you know comment on the fact that we don't present. Oh, I've, I've been told that they can hear me. Okay, so here we go, more, 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 more. So yeah, you know the the, the, the story of the school <laughs> that, that that we started out with. Um. It's a diverse school, but not by choice. So, so there there are a lot of issues there, you know, and that that's a difficult place to be. I'm not sure if any of you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> Somebody just told me to stop talking as I clutch my pearls. <laughs> yes. This, is, this, is, this goes out in history right here. This goes out in history. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. Somebody call me back to the question. You're on the line. Right? 
they had to have a dream in order for us to continue to dream, to realize that dreams do come true. You know, when they talked about there was going to be a black president years ago, no one believed that we could be a president. And we became one. God will, 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 will put you in places that, that man cannot take you out of. God will open doors that man cannot shut. God will shut doors that man cannot open. You just have to trust in God with all of thy heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will and he shall direct your path. Now, saying all this, you have to allow him to direct your path. You can't just go to the places that you want to go. And that's the problem. That's why we have so many smoke screens and so many uh, bumps in the road because God is telling you to go this way. And you keep on zigzagging, and every time he puts you back on the right road, seemingly you see, you look ahead, and you don't like what you see. So you think you can go another way. God said, I need you to go through this. There's some things I need you to go through so that you can understand my glory. I, I, I wish I had Pastor Charlie right now because I can hear the tambourines right now. But some places you got to go, and it's not always comfortable, and it's not always the party or the limelight. Some, some of these tests you have to take are, are open book tests, which means that you have to go through it. it it's, it's not going to be in the books. You have to go through life in order to pass this test. And God is saying, listen, I need you to go right here. And when you get right here, I need you to go right here. And, and then what he does to you, he, he, he talks to you like a lot. And he said, whatever you do, don't look back. Because when you look back, you, you start thinking about familiar places, familiar things. Oh, I can do this. But forgetting those things which are behind and press towards the mark. Don't look back because I'm delivering you from what's back there. I'm healing you from what's back there. I'm breaking you from what's back there. I can't afford for you to keep on keep on going back there when I when I got greatness for you ahead. But because you're you're not used to greatness, because you don't know what greatness tastes like, you don't want it on your plate. Because it looks unfamiliar to you. But God said just try this. You 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 ever went with, with, with your mama and, 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 and she had something on her plate and and you didn't, you didn't know what it was, but she said, just try it. And you fought it, fought it, fought it, fought it. No, but it looked green. No, but it looked ugly. No, but it's red. I don't want to try that. No, but just try it. And sometimes trying that thing that doesn't look good for you takes you to the next level. You, you find, you, you, you gain a, a new taste for it. And you realize that this is really good for your body. Listen, don't get up from that table until you eat all your vegetables. But I don't like the vegetables. Don't get up from the table until you take your medicine. But I don't like the medicine. But the medicine and the vegetables is what makes you grow and what makes you and what heals you from, from that thing that you was hurting from. But you didn't like it. But but you rather hurt than get healed. Oh my God. Oh my God. But 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 God. God God is in a place right now. So many things are going on. He wants to bless you. You keep on asking God for certain things. You keep on asking God, why me? God said, why not you? Why not you? But, but in the same token of the why me, we say, Lord, if you can use anything 
you can use me. But when God begins to use you in a place where you're uncomfortable, you want to say, why me? Why must I go through this? Why am I going through all these deaths in my family? Well, God said sometimes I have to take some things away from you in order for you to trust me and not them. In the year that King Uzziah died, then did I see the Lord. Some things have to die in your life in order for you to realize that God is all I need at this moment. We, 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 we've been, we've been uh, resting on grandmama's prayers. We've been resting on mama's prayers. Mama and, and grandmama has, has, has thrown the bed out to catch us. We've been resting all this. We go to jail, we call grandma. You know, we hurt and we call in mama. And, and, and God said, yeah, you know, grandmama and mama's good. But you know who they praying to for your healings? You know who they praying to for your deliverance? You know who they praying that you come out of this to? Me. So if you can just get connected to the vine, to the true vine, if you can just get connected to me, they say Jesus is on the main line. I beg to differ. Jesus is not on the main line. Jesus is the main line. Why? He said, because no one gets to the Father but by me. So if you can't get to, to, to the Father but by me, I have to be the main line between you and him. So, so therefore, I need you to get connected to me. I need you to have a relationship with me. I need you to know who I am. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Trust me. Lay your burdens down. In fact, take your burdens to the altar and leave them there. We keep on picking them back up. It's not like Jesus didn't hear you. But in due season, if you faint not, you have to get to that due season if you faint not. Wait on him. And, and, and then he said, in case you didn't hear me, and again I say, wait. We don't want to wait. We want instantaneously. We don't want to wait. But, 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 but God is moving. Whether you can see it or not, he is moving. When you pray, you have to believe that what you pray for, pray for is going to come to pass. Now, 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 listen. If you're praying for, for what you want, you might have to wait a little longer because his promise is that I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So, so he has to supply your needs first, and then you have to walk in line with God, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. So some of us is praying for stuff that we really don't need but we want, and we're getting frustrated because we're not getting that of what we want. But God is supplying your needs. You still have a roof over your head. You still have food on your table. You still have clothes on your back. Your children are still in the land of the living. He is supplying your needs. Stop being selfish and understand your relationship with God. God wants to do it for you. He wants, above all things, that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. You know, I hear people talking about, you know, for God I live and for God I die. Well, let me help you out. God didn't ask you to die for him. He said that I come that you might have life and have that more abundantly. He didn't ask you to die. He asked that you live. 
you know, he wants you to, to live so that you can declare who he is. He, 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 when, when, when you're on the battlefield, you don't put dead soldiers out there. They can't fight. So, so if you're going to be in the army of the Lord, you can't be a dead soldier. But you got to know that, that you have to have the God in you. You know, the old folks used to say that something on the inside, working on the outside, bringing about a change in my life. So what's on the inside that's working for you, that's making you change, or that's wanting you to change? Some of us can't keep on going the way we're going and think that God is going to keep on blessing us. I know there's new mercies every day, but, 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 don't insult God. I wish that you'd be hot or cold because I can't use you lukewarm. Choose ye this day who you will serve. Old folks said you can't serve two masters. You have to come in your mind and say, I'm tired of being sick and tired. I can't do this anymore like this. God, I need you. And then you got to be in a place where you can humble yourself, Lord, and say, it's me, Lord, me, standing in the need of prayer. I've tried it all, and it did not work. But right now, Lord, I give it all to you. I surrender all, all to thee I owe. And ask God, how much do I owe? I owe it all. You know, God, God. Gave it all for us. He bowed his head and he died for us. That we might have the right to the tree of life. I, I, I'm sorry. I know I don't, I don't preach. I, 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 I apologize. But I, but, I, but I believe that, that someone is, is hanging on by a thread right now. You know, there, there was a woman with the issue of blood, and she understands that if, if, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, then I know I'd be made whole. And guess what? In order for that to work, listen carefully now, you have to get to the hem. You have to get to him to get to the hem. Oh, wow. I'll say that again. You have to get to him in order to get to the hem, which means that you can't be made whole until you get to him. You can't touch the hem of his garment until you know who he is. You have to find God in order to touch the hem. Uh, Somebody go catch that on the way home or or, or ride into work. Somebody go catch that later. But 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 God is trying to bless you. God God is trying to heal you. Some some of you are are holding hurt for so long, and God is saying, "I need you. I need you to to throw that away." He said, "I've already forgiven what you won't forget, and until you forget it, you can't get to the next level. Until you leave that alone, and and, and you can't get from to the next level. And some of that hurt that that you're feeling, you have not caused it on yourself." But so, which means that whoever hurt you, you need to 
forgive them and move on for you. You know, it, 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 it's important. You have to forgive them and move on for you. We're, we're hurting on to so much stuff. You know, and, and what we're doing is that because we're hurt, we're infusing it in, into our next generation, into our children. You know, be, 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 because your mama did this or your daddy did this, now you're doing it to your children, you know, and you don't even realize it. Or because this has been a learned pattern that this is all you're doing. And you really don't want to do it, but you have not forgiven those who have hurt you. Therefore, you can't forgive yourself. And your children don't understand why you're doing it because you never told the story that your parents has done it to you and you don't know no better. So, so, so now we just keep perpetuating the process. So now your children are doing it to their children. And, and, and it's nothing but, but, but child abuse that we're going through that no one means to do, but we don't know how to get out of it. Go to God. Go to God and let God heal the hurt. If you can give it to God, he will work it out. I promise you that. I'm not I'm not telling you because I've read a bunch of books. I'm telling you this because I've lived this. I've told the story for a long time of how I hated my father. Simply because my father didn't he, didn't, he was a man's man from back in the day. He didn't know how to say I love you. He, he didn't know how to embrace. He didn't know how to hug. He, he didn't know how to do that. So, so I thought my father hated me. So in return, I hated him. And I lived this up until my 30s. I carried this with me through life, purposely not liking him. And only until I saw prayer work. And my son grew up and saw how he embraced my son and saw all the stuff he missed with me as, as his son, did I understand why he didn't do what, what, what I wanted him to do. He couldn't. He didn't know it. So I had to forgive him so that I would not do this to my children. And once I forgave him and once we had the conversation, he was able to open up because I started the conversation. And now me and my dad have the best, the best relationship there is. Listen, there is a way. There is a bomb in Gilead. There, my God, my God, my God. God will set it up that way where you have to come back. Don't run away from it. Come back. Listen. The safest place in the, in the storm is in the eye of it because everything else around you is blowing trees and blowing paper and blowing everything. But in the eye of the storm is where you'll find safety. So while, while we're trying to run away from the storm, just stay in the eye of it. Oh, my God. Stay connected to it on the inside, and you won't be blown away. God said, I need you on the inside. Stop running from me. I want to bless you. You keep on asking me for things, but when you ask me for things, when, 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 when you put it in the mail, you run from me. You go back doing your, your own righteous living. And then all of a sudden, you like, you, 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 you like the prodigal son. Then you come to yourself when you realize that all of the people that you thought was on your side really wasn't on your side. 
all the people that told you, come on, man, let's go and hang out. At the end of the day, when you was homeless, you couldn't stay at their house. At the end of the day, when you were hungry, they wouldn't feed you. God said, I've got your back. But we keep on running to familiar places. Don't you realize that this familiar place is dangerous? Don't you realize that this familiar place means you no good? Don't you realize that this familiar place is not the place you need to be in? Don't you realize? Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) God gave us the word to carry us through the weekend. And we give him thanks for presenting what he needed and how he needed to do it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in amazement at God right now. I'm in true amazement of how God does things. Let me give you this benediction, Romans 11, 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Pastor KL, for your presentation. And we give God thanks for blessing each and every one of us this week. And I'm closing down. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, because it will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew. And I want to thank Pastor KL for listening to the leading of the Lord. Thank you for hanging out with us all week and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to connect with God in his proper way and strengthen that relationship with him. Later is not promised to any of us. Until Monday, until Monday, God spares. I love you.